Good morning, cutie. Hey there, sweet pea. Hey, you ready to go smash some pumpkins on the neighbor's driveway? You wanna have some breakfast? Good morning, let's go. Let's go. It's the Phantom Family Podcast. Hey besties, it's Tori Phantom here with my husband, Jimothy. Jimothy is me. And you are listening to the Phantom Family Podcast. And happy Halloween to everyone out there if you're listening to this as it airs. And if you're not, then just know that we were really excited about Halloween. Yes, I mean, tonight. To, I am really excited about Halloween all the times. That's so, true. If this week, for That's us, true. in the time and space that we're living in currently, in real time, maybe not when you're listening to this, you might be listening to this in April 2022. Hey, who's listening in April 2022? Shoot me a tweet. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. Thank you. That would be funnier if it was on a comment. Like, I've seen the, <laughs> do, you, do you know the one TikTok of the Da Vinci? Maybe. It's yeah, the two I twins. So. It says, who painted the Mona Lisa? Yes. Da Vinci? That it's one of my favorite ones. It's it's stupid, <laughs> and they have milked that joke to death. Right. But I was looking at the the video again the other day because it's it's a, it's an all timer, and they had commented on there saying, "Who's here in 2021?" And I liked that comment, even though they wrote it in October 2020. <laughs> <laughs> but I was definitely listening to watching in 2021. Right. Of course. Of course. So what are we doing for Halloween, dear? You know, I was actually going to ask you. So I think it's funny because a couple weeks ago, it's not really funny. It's just um relevant anecdotal it's anecdotal a few weeks ago on the show we were talking about how you had to go to the dentist about your tooth yes and this week on the show we are talking about how you are having dental surgery on friday yes within a couple of days of right now yes and that is that is two days before halloween so i actually right now on the show am asking you jimothy are you going to be trick-or-treating i don't know but i will say if not, I will totally uh, hoard all the good candy for you. For later. I was yeah. going to say, it's a very sad time for me because I won't be able to steal all the Snickers and Butterfingers. I got you. Because I'll be laid up in the mouth. I got you. It's fine. I'll, I'll store them away. That's, that's, that's that is a part of parenting. Of I don't me. care. Gentle parenting, uh, any kind of parenting. Like, you do get to take your pick on your kid's Halloween candy. Like, you're not going to take it all. <laughs> like, I will. There, there's going to be 50 Reese's Cups. I... Do you entitle myself 50? to at least uh, 20 of them to at split least. between the parents, right? And because I split between like 30 yeah. of them myself. So Yeah. So, you know what? Like, the kid, we don't take all of the good candy, but like, I'm not going to feel bad when they have 300 pieces of candy. Right. And here's the thing. Our and kids, I take 10. I'm not going to feel bad about it. Our kids don't even know if they like Snickers or not because I always eat them before they can get to them. <laughs> so they don't know what they're missing so, anyway. Can I tell you the funny thing, though, Jimothy? Yes. Uh, I was at the grocery store the other day, as I, as I do. As you are wont to do. As I always do. And as I'm at the grocery store, I was like, oh, we live in a highly populated area now. I ought to get some Halloween candy to either put in a bucket while we're out or to hand out, right? We Did you get bags by any chance? I got two big bags of candy. No, I mean like little like individual like trick-or-treating bags. Oh, we like have the, the Easter baskets from last year. We're just going to bring those. It, so, no, I mean for us to give out to the trick-or-treaters who oh, visit our house. No, I was just going to hand out individual pieces of candy. And what? Oh my goodness, Tori Phantom, you are lame. No, we gotta. All do right. you think I have the... time? Yes, I do. Do we you are gonna... think I'm gonna... I have energy? I bought the bags of candy you and can't. I bought a bowl to put them in. Okay, no. that is better than no. I have ever done in my adult no. life for trick or treaters, oh and I am twenty nine years old. Okay, you are a twenty nine year old lameo. Oh my god, you are gonna. Somebody's gonna come to this house. They're gonna see Tori Phantom and think you look cool, and then they are gonna walk away being like, Tori Phantom handed me one pack of. Smarties, what the heck? Tori I Phantom did not sucks. buy the bad candy. I got the good candy. Jimothy. I saw Smarties. And so what I'm saying about the situation is that <laughs> I bought two big bags of candy. I got the ones that had like the butterfingers and the nerds and I've stuff like that. It. And then I got the bag that had like the Snickers and the Twix and the M&Ms. Um, but anyway, so the kids were like, we should eat some of this. And I was like, no. And they're like, we should eat some of this. And I was like, no. And they're like, mom, don't you want some candy? And so anyway, I don't know if there's any Twix left in the bag because I've just been munching on them when I do my makeup. Good night. And you know what the worst part is? <laughs> Do you know what the worst part of what? you hiding the candy right next to my head on <laughs> by my bedside? I thought it was a good hiding spot. 
<laughs> why? Why would you think that was a good hiding spot? I, I'm going to munch and crunch and eat all the Butterfingers. I can't control myself just, around all that so sweet, sugary chocolate. I'm going to have to buy another bag of candy because I can't help myself. Probably, and it's going to be much more expensive because of that holiday Halloween no, candy No, no, it's going to go on clearance. Yeah, it's true. It's it actually go on goes clearance. on sale pretty soon. So I'm just going to – I can't stop eating Twix. Well, Twix are really good. It's you know just, do you know how I eat them? Kit Kats are good. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure you probably eat all the chocolate off, and then the layer of caramel, and leave that little like biscuit behind, and then you nibble on that like okay, a rat. Okay, so you're close. Um, so I eat food in strange ways. I, I pull it all apart. I eat hamburgers like in a circle, and I leave the middle bit with all the goodies on it. Like that's the last bite. Save the best for last, right? I do this with. That's every my food third I to eat. last bite. Uh, <laughs> I take big bites though. So I mean, you know, when I eat Reese's cups, I remove all of the chocolate, and then I eat the peanut butter by itself. It's the best part. But when I eat a Twix, the the caramel on it is so hard, you can just chomp it off the top. And so I eat all the caramel first because I'm not a big caramel fan. But the cookie in a Twix, the cookie in a Twix is easily one of the best cookies in the world. And so I eat all the caramel off the top and then, yeah, I nibble on the biscuit. That's that's time consuming. (laughs) No, this is why this one. is why you don't have the time. This is why you don't have the time and energy because you eat your candy like like a space alien. Well, space oh aliens goodness. know what's up, okay? Yeah, up in space. What are what are you going to be for Halloween, Jimothy? In pain because I'm having a tooth <laughs> cut out of my head. I'm going to be in pain. That's what I'm going to be. That's I'm probably going to be grumpy. I'm probably just going to try and play some PlayStation this weekend and finish uh, the new- Grumpy and playing PlayStation, that's your standard. Yeah, that's a regular weekend <laughs> for me, I guess. But that's that's what I'm going to try and do. Yeah. So, you know, you guys will have fun. If I'm up to it on Sunday, maybe I'll, I'll go out Even with if you. just for a couple houses, yeah. There's And on Saturday, we've got the thing with my radio station where they're doing the big trunk or treat. So this is news to me there, right now. There are options. I had no idea. See, my cousin said she texted you and asked you about all kinds of stuff and that you either don't reply or you just say, Something I don't know, is up with our texting know. because, like, she, as you know, she was like, Tori are you going to answer me or something like that? And I was like, I did. And I sent her a screenshot and she's like, I didn't get that. Wow. So so, like, I don't know what's up with it, but texting is weird. I don't understand technology. Very spooky this week. Spooky. Very spooky. How much? Do you want to know what I'm going to be this? What are you going to be? Um, I'm going to do a face paint. Uh, Oh, so you're just going to be Tori Phantom with face paint. Are you going to wash it all off this time? Probably not. Are you going to walk around for Monday and Tuesday with orange paint behind your ears That was hilarious this week. Uh, I did a face paint on Sunday. I turned myself into half a pumpkin, just half. And I washed my face that night. But I did like a whole, like it was on my neck to my collarbones. And I had to go out early Monday morning to bring my daughter to her ultrasound appointment that she has uh, four times a year. And I get home from that and jim looks at me and goes you still have face paint under your chin and behind your ear i think you were saying something like (laughs) playfully snarky to me i'm like don't talk to me with face paint still on your face yeah and then i went on live on tiktok and everyone's like are you okay what's what's that on your face and i'm like it's paint jaundice it's paint are you okay (laughs) so anyway like apparently i i missed the spot it's like the crevice between my jaw and my ear I, i have a hard time Washing paint off of it. So that's that's, that's just a fun fact. That's just a fact of life for Do you have any other Tori. fun facts? I do have a fun fact. Do you know how much it costs to go buy a big five-gallon bucket full of candy right now? No. No, I don't either. But I do know that you can get a free trial to Audible by going to audibletrial.com slash phantom. And then, you know, it's it's normally $14.95 a month, but signing up through our link, if you're a new Audible user, you can get a free book that's yours to keep forever, even if you cancel. And, you know, it is $14.95 a month after that, but you get a free book every month. And if you're a Prime member, you actually get two free credits. I do that know that. sounds like a great deal. I mean, like $15 a month and two books, like, that's... Yeah. that's- Several books. I have the Aaron Mankey book. It's the first lore book. 
It just I can listen to Aaron Mankey all day long. It doesn't put me to sleep. He has this he's very. He's got this voice. He's got a calming voice, but so it doesn't serious. want to put me to sleep. Yes. Yes. He's so serious. Like I just I want to listen I, because it is calm, but it is assertive. It is. And he is telling these stories. And I've got that on Audible. You can get whatever books that are on Audible that you want with your free credit. And fifteen dollars. I mean, about fifteen dollars. That is like less than the price of a hardcover book. Exactly. But you can get that first month for free for all new Audible subscribers. Again, www.audibletrial.com slash phantom. All right, T-Pain, listen up. What? T-Pain? Um, T- what? Tori Phantom? T-P-A-N? Phantom? That's a whole different person. I mean, he's cool. Yeah, he's not me. I can't I can't call you also T-Pain? Uh, that, no, that'd be weird. That'd be weird. All right. Yeah. What about... I do like... I do like that. Um, yeah, I'm just going to call you Star Trek noises. <laughs> so, psh, uh, Honestly, no, doing? I decided that's not going to work. Okay, that's not going to work. No. All right. Well, you know, we should have thought of this before we got married. <laughs> because I just, I'm at a loss. All right. Well, you're going to have to deal with that. I'm going to be really strict about it. Well, then I'm going to be very sneaky. <laughs> what? I didn't say your name. I was just going <laughs> to... Just doing the thing. Well, if you are sneaky, I'm going to be more strict. That will happen. Yeah. So here's the thing. I was talking to a friend this week. and You have sh- friends? I have a lot of friends, so T-Pain. <laughs> and I, well, I was talking to a friend, and she said, she's actually my birthday twin, so that's really cool. Happy birthday, birthday twin, on August it's, 30th. I have to say, it's neither of our birthdays today. Happy birthday. Happy Whoever's late birthday. birthday I told happy her birthday. that already. If you're listening on to her this birthday. and it's your birthday. Happy birthday. If you are listening to this on your birthday, happy birthday. If you were listening to this and it's not your birthday. Happy unbirthday. No. Oh. No. Never happy unbirthday. Just go back and listen to it on your birthday and just know that happy birthday to you today. Anyway, back on track because we're not strict. We're very, what's the opposite of strict? Permissive and we're not that either. No, we're permissive with getting off track. We are. So, and eating Halloween candy. Oh, yeah. Definitely <laughs> stole a few Butterfingers during the ad break. Anyway, I was talking to my friend, and she said, what do you guys think about you know strict parents making strict kids? And I was like, oh, my goodness, that strict is a good idea. Strict kids or obedient kids? Um, I would say sneaky kids. Strict, strict, do, yeah, do strict parents make obedient kids, or do they make sneaky kids? And I think, I, honestly, I think it kind of depends. So it's, it's. I think there is it depends a lot on of the, factors. You've got levels. You yes. got levels, just like a pyramid. So you got I levels. think how we break this down, Jimothy. Break it down. Let's do some trauma dumps. Trauma. We'll talk about. Well, I guess anything in my childhood is a trauma dump, but we'll just talk about our childhoods. <laughs> I should. I should make a sounder. Make a little thing like trauma dump. Make like a little sound effect. That Honestly, plays. I would love that. <laughs> so, All right, you ready for it? I'm gonna. It's right. gonna be up by the time you hear this. You ready for it? Three, two, one. Trauma dump. So anyway, if you want to go ahead and and tell me, Jimothy, were, were your guardians strict? Yes, <laughs> I in was. In what way, though? I think that's a really important distinction because, as we said, there's levels. So go uh, ahead and define that. I uh, well, see, as I got older, I feel like it got more strict. See, now now that I'm thinking about it, I'm kind of questioning it because when I was a very young child, like between the ages of you know, four and seven, I used to explore the countryside with my neighbors from sunup until sundown. I would be in the woods playing with people and traveling farms. Like my neighbor had a 109 acre farm and we were all over every bit of it all day long. This like, is the most Kentucky story yeah, ever. Yeah, no continue. supervision, just out in the woods all day long from the time I got up till I went to bed, you know, when we weren't in school. So there was that. And then I feel like I got a little bit more strict. Things got a little more strict for me. Maybe they didn't, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. (laughs) Because I didn't really do anything anyway. I only just kind of played video games. I would get in trouble a lot. But that's not a strict parent. That's just like... I would get in trouble because my cousin, who I was raised with, was like a little sister. And she was the baby all of a sudden. So everything she did was right. And I was always wrong for doing whatever... So that that happened later on, but now but you still you still were able to kind of do your own thing. I didn't really do anything, so I. But if I you but if you wanted but, to, you could. But when it got time to being older, 
like when I was actually able to drive and all of that, I wasn't I wasn't able to go out and drive places by myself until it was after after college. I remember the night I turned 18 on my 18th birthday. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to do anything. I, I was annoyed that everybody was at my house doing birthday stuff with me because I didn't want to do it. Which still stands. Jim does not like his birthday celebrated. I've hated doing birthday so things birthday, since I was but 12. I, I like to do birthday things for Jim. So I hate birthdays. Quick interjection there. Uh, the way we celebrate Jim's birthday, I just buy him things that make him laugh and make him a cake. And that's it. That's it. That's what he wants. I don't even want that much. I don't even need you to buy me anything. I, I honestly don't even care about cake. I appreciate the gestures. I'm just saying if you literally. I want everyone to know how sad my face is right now. <laughs> I appreciate the things that you do. I'm saying they're not necessary. If I woke up next year on my birthday and nobody said anything to me at all that day. That you know, might be I the told, best birthday I, I ever think had, I told honestly. You this last year on your birthday, didn't I? Let, like, you were like, I don't want to do anything for my birthday. And I'm like, you have to celebrate your your birthday because the kids are excited about your birthday. It's, it's, it is because <laughs> of the was, kids. Like, they wanted to be special for your birthday. So Jim had to thing. celebrate his birthday for the kids. I don't have my birthday thing turned on on Facebook. So nobody knows it's my birthday. If I if anyone is going to tell me happy birthday, it's going to be because they know it's my birthday and they actually care about me. And they'll text it to me directly because I also turned off my Facebook posting to my wall because people share really stupid things to me all the time and I don't care about it. And I'm just a really bitter old man. You really are, honestly. No, it's it's honestly. I'm going to tell you who ruined it and I'm going to call her out by name. Michaela ruined it (laughs) for posting that stupid, it's going to be May. It's going to be May. I've hated that for 15 years. And every year, every year she texts me and she goes, I know that it drives him nuts and I'm going to keep tagging him in my own posts because even though I can't post on his page, I can still drive him nuts with it. And honestly, I respect her for it. And you know what? I just untag myself. I, she does <laughs> but it. But you still had to see it. I have another friend that does it and they are being very strict with it. So I'm very sneaky and I turn off <laughs> my posting permissions and I untag myself from these things because I, at this point, it's it's more of the person that annoys me than the stupid Justin Timberlake meme. Anyway, I <laughs> didn't want to go out on my 18th birthday. So that night was the Grayson County Fair. And I didn't want to go to Grayson County. I didn't want to go to Litchfield. I didn't want to go to the fair. I can't blame you there. And I just had no interest in it. And they kept trying to get me, oh, do you want to go to the fair? You should go to the fair. It's your birthday. Go to the fair. I'm like, I don't want to go. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So... I called up my buddy Steve, and I was like, hey, do you want to go to the fair? And I was like, yeah, I'll just come up there. Even though he lives in the exact opposite direction. Like, if we, I was going to go to the fair with him, it would have been smarter for him to drive to me because I live 10 minutes away from where the fair was, and he lived <laughs> 20 minutes away from me in the other direction. So I just drove up to his house, and he got there. He's like, all right, you ready to go? I'm like, no, we're not going anywhere. I don't want to go to this. I just had to get out of my house because they wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> So I, I sat there and hung out at his house until like, I don't know, like two or three in the morning. And then I came back home and my aunt, when I came in, she woke up. She was like, oh, how was the fair? I was like, oh, I ended up not going. I just sat there and talked to Steve. And she was like, I knew you weren't going to go. I knew you weren't going to go because you left the house and you didn't take a shower before you left. And you always <laughs> take a shower before you do anything because you're so prissy. And you just and you just, you just got the keys true. and left. That is still true. It's very true. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! But I can. I think it's funny. Like nobody else is gonna know this listening, but I know your aunt, and you do a spot-on impression. And I could just see. I can just see her giving you that look. Like I've only gotten it a few times because I'm not her kid. But she gives me that look, and I feel a little fear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's she softened up with age. That's why she lets the baby, who is our youngest cousin now, he gets away with things that that my cousin and I, my her, his older sister, we would have never dreamed of. He is now 18, soon to be 19 next month. He doesn't have a job. He is not going to college. No, he, he is going to college. No, he's not. I thought he was. He is not going to college. It is October. He 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 told me he was. He is not going to college. He's not going to school because he doesn't want to go to college until he can drive. And he hasn't driven yet because he doesn't have his license yet. So he doesn't want to do all of this stuff. Yeah, he doesn't want to he doesn't want to do that until he does like X, Y, Z. And he hasn't started with A. So (laughs) 
and I'm like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Welcome to this episode of the Phantom Family Podcast, where you're just getting all the family tea in a Southern family. Here's the thing. (laughs) Things were very strict for me. I had to get a job. I had to get that. I had to pay for my own cell phone. I had to do that. That was back in the day before family plans, too. No, no. It it was still a family plan. Really? Yeah. It was a family plan. What year year did you get a cell phone? 2003. My first oh, see, so you know what? When I had my first phones in like 2005, 2006, we had all the pay as you go. So all we didn't have a family plan. We were all on pay as you go. We we were. I was on the same phone network we're on right now. Honestly, um, oh, okay. we were on that, and we had a family plan. I paid, I don't know, it was like 50 bucks a month or something like that. I had a Nokia phone, but it was like it, the brick. No, with snake no, on it. No, no, it oh. did. It had snake, but. The the phones that I had, the Nokia phones I had, were not the just green screen with like the black LCD. That was they my were, first. They phone. were actually color phones. They didn't do much more. It didn't really have anything. It wasn't like a camera phone or anything like that. But it was a color screen, so it had like a fancy little color wow. wallpaper. Brag it's still much. no. It still literally only let you call. And text message. And those text messages, they cost money. (laughs) No, the text messages were part of the plan. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a plan. But if somebody did send a picture, MMS messaging, that, or I don't remember. Yeah, it was MMS. It wasn't SMS. It was MMS. An MMS message, those were 25 cents a piece. See. So to send a picture, it was going to cost you. When I started, I got my first phone. It was like 15-ish. And I, we were using Virgin Mobile. Mm-hmm. You remember those penny texting commercials yeah, yeah. with the raining pennies? And so I will never forget this. This was one of the times I got in trouble when I was in high school, uh, which will tie into the strict story. Uh, but uh, my parents were very strict about everything. And I was texting and like I had run out of texting because like we were, maybe we were on a plan. I don't remember. This was 15 years ago. But so... I, it was like the middle of the night and I wanted to text someone and I went on my mom's like web page for it and I just uploaded $20 onto the plan. And then, and then Elena, her checks bounced uh, back when people wrote checks. People still write checks. Not as often. No, You'd write I, them at the grocery store back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So she wrote a check and it bounced uh, and I, I got I got in a lot of trouble for that. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine so. I can imagine that. But anyway, I was my upbringing was it was fairly strict. It wasn't you know as bad as was some people out there. Was it strict or was it just set boundaries? I think that's part of the levels. There's well, a difference you... between like extreme strictness and a uh, firm boundary because there there are boundaries. Like I feel like in our life with our young kids, there's boundaries that have some wiggle room, and then there's like like hard boundaries. Uh, and I feel like when we we're talking about being really strict, we're talking about hard boundaries to authoritarian well like there is a scale there i there were there were things like i wasn't allowed to have cds with parental advisory stickers on them i wasn't allowed to have that but i could watch r-rated movies and have other things but i wasn't allowed to have that we weren't allowed to watch mtv (laughs) we weren't allowed because we weren't she didn't want to have us exposed to rap music because it was a bad influence So she put a password on the DirecTV channels for MTV1 and MTV2. MTV2 was the better one because it played the rock music that I liked instead. Mm -hmm. But she didn't want to watch watching rap. I'm like, I don't even like rap. Was Fuse not around at that point? No. Fuse. Fuse. All right. Fuse was in my high school days. Fuse came out way later. Fuse was much Music America, and then it turned into Fuse in like 2007 or something. And then Fuse changed from the rock emo channel into more mainstream. Stuff. I don't, I don't know what it turned into because I stopped watching it. Yeah, same. But it because it was changing. <laughs> yeah, it went from I'm not that, but I was. What was I saying? Oh, with I wasn't allowed to watch MTV. Wasn't allowed to have music with parental advisory stickers. I had to pay for my own phone. All of this stuff. And now my other cousin, who is the baby, um, literally only listens to rap music while he sits in his... He has two beds. He has the one bedroom to nap in, and he has the other bedroom for nighttime sleeping. He can't nap in... He can't sleep in the same place where he has all his video games and everything, because that just throws off his vibe. And it's just like, if you weren't so tall, I'd reach up and choke you, but I can't reach your neck. He's very tall. He is very tall. He's very tall. But he... So I do think... Oh, sorry. I'll say he has no... 
he doesn't have like that same structure and strictness that that I had growing up, but at the same time, he doesn't do anything. Like he's not a bad kid. Like he doesn't no, go he's out. He's a very good kid. You know, he's not like sneaking around drinking or doing drugs or anything. Like he's he He's just vibing. He, yeah, he's Literally, just like he's just chilling. Vibing. Like he's a good kid. And and me, I never was into drinking or doing drugs or anything. Like I'm even still not. And honestly, I think that's probably because I didn't get a taste for it growing up, maybe. I don't know. I don't like to drink now. I don't like the taste of alcohol. I am pretty much a teetotaler. Um, that's it. What is like, a teetotaler? I, I was, I've never heard that term. I was straight edge for the longest time. What is I, a teetotaler? A teetotaler means like just completely sober, straight-laced person. Oh, like, I've never heard that term before. I just still, learned something. That's still basically how I live my life. Like I'm... I might have a drink every now and then, but I don't like drinking. I like being in my normal brain and normal mind because I'm pretty awesome. <laughs> Brag so, much? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm saying <laughs> I don't. I don't need to use it as an escape, and I definitely don't like the way it tastes. So there's no benefit to it for me. So right, that's right, how I. Sure. That's how I but, was there, and I was. It was raised in a very strict house of not. No, there was absolutely going to be none of that. Yeah. So I don't. I didn't really take those values with me because, like, if my kids were teenagers. And they wanted to drink, and they said they wanted to try something. I really don't mind. Like I would rather them See, you know, do something when they're of age. That but. you say that because this is this is an off the cuff conversation that you're going to listen to here, folks. Because Jimothy just said, like as teenagers, like maybe uh, I would give that a hard no. See, for me, under a controlled circumstance like that, like I'm, if 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 someone is honest with me, saying, "Hey, I want to try this," like here, you know what, you want to try, have a try. See, for me what the way that I would consider that particular subject and that's because of the uh, genetics on my side of the family is I've watched many people in my family die from addiction and that that is a very prominent thing in, in, in my side of the family and so the chance of our kids having that kind of gene um, for me, I'm not going to be like strict, like, no, cause I said, no, it's going to be an education. Like this probably just isn't a good idea, especially with an underdeveloped brain. Like let's wait until you are ready. Uh, and I would love to have your first drink with you. Fine. Then when the kids ask, I'm going to say, ask your mother. Yeah. That's honestly like, cause that's like, that's, that's an interesting take. Cause we've never talked about that. And I no, didn't think that you would ever be like, Oh, well, if it's under a controlled thing. And I know some people are fine with that and like no judgment at all. I've just, I've just watched my family and I'm like, ah. well, I mean, it, I'm not, I'm not then, saying I'm yeah. thinking like when they're like 18 or whatever. Yeah, that's or like I like mean, like older. Yeah. Like I'm not saying like oh, it's your thirteenth birthday. Right. Pour right. out. I mean like shots. yeah. I mean I guess it it would really depend on age because like you know nineteen. Yeah, no, I'm not letting I'm not letting like a thirteen year old drink. If you can right. drink in Canada, then well, I'm not, you drive over the <laughs> yeah, border. Yeah, yeah, but I, I do think you know there is something to that controlled. Like they're not gonna end up in a dangerous situation. But I think that that kind of ties into that strictness. So like everything you're describing, I feel like there's a few things I would consider generally strict versus just boundaries. Yeah. Or rules, right? And so like I grew up in an incredibly strict household. Um, I wasn't allowed to go and see my friends. I couldn't go to any of my friends' houses because my mom didn't know their parents. And as a parent, I understand that sentiment. However, my mom was unwilling to meet their parents. Can I can I also interrupt for one thing? And yeah. just say that I'm she's still strict with me because how many times will I do something right now and have her call me and say We dyed Are your you hair serious? orange. We dyed your yep. hair orange and your, your aunt texted and you. I got you didn't really that. do that. You're thirty six. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so I still have that. You don't have that with your parents anymore. Oh, I do, kinda. I do. I called my I, I FaceTime my mom today, I was doing my makeup. And you know, I don't do my makeup until early afternoon because I'm like busy with the kids all morning. And so like that's my me time. I enjoy doing makeup. And when I do my eyeliner and stuff, I was doing a video and uh when I do my eyeliner I don't film. And I was like, I'm bored. Like I'm gonna call my mom. I haven't talked to her in a while. And she's like, Why are you doing makeup right now? And I was like I want to and she's like don't you think it's a little late like it's a waste of time and I was like no like I want to though <laughs> like, like it's still just like anything she's like I'm gonna I'm gonna pick this apart or like I'll be like eating a snack on FaceTime with my mom she's like do you really need that like I want it you I'm, a, I don't I'm need, an adult you don't know what I don't need mom is your attitude I don't need it I don't need it anyway so she didn't <laughs> want to be friends because she didn't know the other kids right parents. so I couldn't go anywhere but then we couldn't have anyone over to our house 
because like number one my mom's like low-key a hoarder uh and and i don't say that in like a derogatory way i mean like literally like jim you you've been to one of her houses it's yeah yes like it's it's not totally out of control but it is pretty bad and uh so she didn't want anyone to see that and then like she'd be like well your dad is sleeping because he has work tonight which like okay but also like you know uh, you can still have friends. So, like, I essentially was totally isolated through my childhood, which has in turn made it very hard for me to have in-person friends as an adult because I have really bad social anxiety because I was never socialized as a child. And uh, so there was like that. And then because my mom did work at the school, she would make all of these assumptions and uh, judgments on people. And so if I made a friend, she'd be like, you can't be friends with them. No, I don't like their parents. Nope, you can't be friends with them. Uh, And so it was very much like this very isolating experience for me. And then there was so much that I couldn't do, like even down to like from the time I was a very young child, I knew that I didn't feel like a girl. Right. And I didn't want to wear dresses and girly things. I remember being four years old. My mom brought me to get pictures done and they wanted to put this like cute hat on me and like this pink boa. And I was sobbing. I didn't want that on me at four. And I was forced to do it. And honestly, like I see the picture now and I all I remember is this traumatic moment where I was sobbing because I was forced to do it. But like the, the picture is adorable, but I have this distinct memory of it, right? Um, and so... That, that exact moment wasn't strict, but it was the strictness growing up that my mom wanted me to be this girly daughter. Like, there was this this idea of who she wanted me to be growing up. And so the strictness revolved around her perception of what she wanted her daughter to be and not who her child was. And so growing up, I would wear my older brother's clothes whenever I could because, like, I wanted to be, I mean, at the time I didn't know what that term androgynous was, but that was like, that's how I'm most comfortable as most people who have seen me know, like that is just, that is where I feel comfy. And and growing up, she was very strict about it. And I cried so many tears because I wasn't even allowed to pick out my clothes as I was like in middle school and stuff. And like everything I did was policed I wasn't allowed to play video games because boys played video games and I wasn't allowed to essentially like I I couldn't do much of anything and so I spent it's funny you said that you you grew up mostly in outside exploring farms I lived in the middle of nowhere New York and we lived on four acres of forest and past the four acres we owned was more forest and I grew up just hanging out in the woods to get away from, like, the anger in my house. So I just would explore the woods all day. And that was, like, the only thing they weren't strict about. They're like, oh, we don't have to keep track of you if you're out in the woods. Uh, it's, like, it's funny because now I have kids and I'm like, I would not let them do that. No. <laughs> like, that was totally, like, un, un, there was no trails. Like, it was just forest. And I was just, like, out there vibing yep, at, at eight years old. <laughs> And so there was like such a strictness. And so what had ended up happening with that? So kind of like that groundwork of like, I wasn't allowed any sort of autonomy growing up and the people I talked to, the friendships I made, the way that I dressed, the things I was interested in. Like when I was a kid, I wanted to do sports. My mom wanted me in dance, so I did dance. Now I did love doing dance, but I wanted to do sports, right? So the strictness was very much this control and by the time I became a teenager, right, because I, I said this in a video before, but I'm going to say it again because I still mean it. Uh, someday, your your the voice in your kid's head is going to be louder than yours. And at that point, they are going to do what they want, right? But yeah. so my goal with our kids is to teach them to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do and teach them why it's the right thing to do and not to control like micromanage them because they're their own people they've made that clear to us we have three daughters and they're all incredibly different people yeah but they need micromanaging it's like i can tell them to clean their room and they're like no daddy point at the thing you want me to pick up though well with the younger ones yeah but that's, that's like that's important though because that's how they learn to clean i would say is that even micromanaging that no, is just that's, that's like that's delegating tasks that's the, asking for help that's, that's working together saying, like, pick up this now put it over there now pick Pick yeah. up the other one. Okay, now do this. That's now, specific two, two instructions. The, the little ones need that. But so that's like ultra managing. <laughs> as I was getting into my teenage years, I started to feel really angry. And now again, there's a lot of trauma that I don't typically dump into, but I went through a lot, especially in my preteen years. And so by the time I entered high school, I was 
abused at home. I had no social life. I was bullied in school. And my parents were cruel. And so it got to a point where they said, well, you can't do anything. And I was like, well, I'm gonna. And I figured out how to do that. And it was between AIM, I knew how to delete messages. I knew how to clear cookies. I don't even know if you could clear cookies back then, but like, you know, yeah. clear my search history that, or whatever. That's always been a thing. But I I had all of these ways and I had my cell phone. I delete messages and because they didn't want me talking to all these people. So my mom was like this very strict, you can't date anybody type deal. I, I said what I wanted, you know, and I I ended up in a lot of unsafe situations, which were 100 percent the choices I made to be in those situations. However, I was a child who is not of consenting age and shouldn't have been able to make those decisions. And I think that's a lot of the time when people look at teenagers who are troubled and they're like, oh, they're horrible kids. They're, they're probably just suffering. You know, like you don't make bad decisions because you're happy. You're you're typically distraught, especially, I mean, at least from my experience, you know, like by the time I was 14, like the summer before I turned 15, I was sneaking out of my house almost every night. Because I wasn't allowed to have friends. I wasn't allowed to talk to anybody. I wasn't allowed anything. Like, it was so strict that I just said, I'm going to do it anyway. And I was making really unsafe choices. But at the time, it felt like the only type of freedom that I had. And I wasn't learning anything from the strictness. Because if I would ask questions like, well, why can't I do this? Or can I do this? Well, why not? It was, I'm the parent, you're the child. It's because I said so. It's because it doesn't matter what your opinion is. When you're on your own, you can make your own decisions. And then like my mom was shocked when I secretly made plans to move out and then did so at 17 years old because that's what she said. You want to make your own decisions, move out. And I did that. And I didn't didn't tell her because I knew that she would have stopped me. So that strictness, and that's, I think, the more extreme side of it. That's where that put me. Now, again, I think there are things that we can be strict about because strict is really just about like heavily enforcing a boundary. But over strictness, strictness is strictness a word? Yes. <laughs> but strictuality. <laughs> but I mean, it's really just, you know, like strict definition is just demanding a rule be observed, right? And I think that is okay to do. But I do believe that there needs to be communication with it. So, like, in our house, we are not permissive. We are communicative. And sometimes our kids do get the answer no with no chance for wiggle room. So if I tell my child no, like, no, there's no way this is going to happen, and they say, why not? I'm going to answer the question, why not? I'm not going to change my mind. I will be strict in that boundary, in that rule. But they are allowed to have the understanding of why. And we aren't strict on everything. It is things typically in regard to their safety. Yeah, it's it's not like we're just like, no, I don't want you to do that because it's going to be fun for you and I don't want you to have fun. Right, or I don't want you to do that because it's going to inconvenience me. Yeah. It is very much a we can talk about everything. We can have these discussions. But there are certain things that I am going to say no to and you're not going to be happy about. And well, it is it is OK if you're unhappy about it. Like that is valid. And I accept that you are having an emotional response to it. But that response isn't going to get me to change my mind. But what I find is because we're not overly like authoritarian about the strict rules we have. That when they get upset or throw a fit because they're told no, it isn't to try to get us to change our mind. It's just because they feel sad about it. Well, it's like pumpkin pie this weekend wanting that unlicensed, just fan-made game. And it's like that even is for computer safety, the reason we're saying no. Right, because like so the thing is, is that like I've heard mixed reviews on this game, but I sent it to one of my tech friends and he was like, this game itself is not dangerous, but... Looking at it from my tech security standpoint, there's no security key on this, and it is just asking for spyware or malware, and like perhaps that would never happen, but there is a risk. And then I was like looking, and there's all these forums to talk about the game. They're totally unregulated, and I'm like, nine-year-olds don't need unfiltered access to the internet. Yep. 
And, you know, and that's the thing because I've talked to my kids so much, especially my nine-year-old, because she is at that age where she is reading and interacting and having fun and doing role play on games, where I have had so many conversations with her about internet safety and what tricky people on the internet can look like and why it's so dangerous because I never want to tell my kids, like, no, you can't do that without telling them why. Because not knowing why makes not being able to do something so much worse. Yeah. It just stinks. And I guess, like, that's that's a thing that I think I'm asked a lot on TikTok is, like, what about when they're teenagers? What if they do this? What if they do that? What if they do this? And I'm like, I don't know. I said, We're not there yet. <laughs> like, my hope is I, I didn't have anyone to look to for, for parenting advice or anything. Like, I'm literally just, it, I'm doing what feels logical to me, and I have very open communication with my kids. So my hope is that if we're doing a good job when that time comes, because I'm not going to hold their hand and, like, shield them from the world their whole childhood, like, through the time that they're 18, because they need to learn independence, right? Like, I'm not going to, like, shelter them their whole life and then be like, have fun. Like, you know, there, there has to be that change that happens gradually where they are getting more privacy and more of an ability to make their own decisions and hopefully they're safe. And so my my hope is all the conversations we're having now, all the safety talks we're having now, all this groundwork foundation we're laying now, if, if we do a good job, then we should have to worry a little bit less. A little bit less. We're still going to worry. We're parents. Yes, but a little bit less. Like, just to, to feel like, you know, I mean, they're so cautious now. You know, like, when, when our nine-year-old saw that she wanted this game, she didn't just download it. It was free. It was a free game. She didn't download it. She came to us because she knows that that is a boundary that she has on the internet. If she wants to download a game, whether it be on the iPad, on the computer, like, she has to ask me to make sure it's safe for her, and we discuss what safe means, you know? And with YouTube, she always asks me, can I watch this YouTube video? And before it was like every video and it got to a point because she's now nine. She's been watching YouTube videos for a couple years now, heavily monitored. And I got to a point where I said, but I said, you know, the things that I don't like in the language I don't like you listening to. I know you just want to watch someone else play these video games. So if that person is playing those video games and they are not saying uh, using negative language if they're not being um, in a negative way like you can watch that you know but if you feel like something isn't right or doesn't go with our values find a different video like that's okay to do and that's a bit of independence she has now do I still if she's watching YouTube I'm still gonna keep an ear out because that's what I do with YouTube I kind of like I have a love-hate relationship because of the way that the algorithm works when well, I have kids on YouTube listen I'm gonna tell you the fact of the matter is we don't have to keep an ear out because they keep the TV turned up so gosh darn loud. We that's can't the little one. The, that's the little one. The oldest one, I don't know if you've noticed this about her, she keeps her volume so incredibly low I can't hear it because she's very sensitive to sound and she doesn't like the tingy sound of like speakers that are on a computer or an iPad. It's because laptop speakers like that. They're horrible. Ugh. So like when she does her school meets, she's like, mom, can you hear this? And I'm like, no, I can't. She's like, well, you need to listen. My teacher wants parents to hear. I'm like, then you have to turn the volume up by 30%. <laughs> turn it up a bit. I literally cannot hear it. I don't know how you can. But like, I mean, I guess that's like at the end of the day, like we are not permissive parents. We're not authoritarian parents. We're not super strict. We have strict boundaries on certain topics, and those are well communicated to make sure our children understand them. But at the end of the day, like, I don't want to have obedient kids. I want to create good people. I want to send good people into the world. I don't I don't need an obedient kid because, like, yeah, they're my kid, but they're their own person, and that's way more important, and that's way more impactful in the world. And they're only my kid for a short time. But they're always their own person. They're always their own person. Always. And I don't want to control them. I don't want to control them and and control their childhood. I want to give them a good childhood and a solid foundation for making good decisions that will help them and not put them in danger. And I don't expect them to never make mistakes. I just want them to feel safe when they do make mistakes to come to me. Exactly. See, I, 
I, I never really made mistakes. I was always perfect. Still am. Yeah. But course. when I was growing up, uh, you true. you moved you out, as you said, at 17. I didn't move out until I was, oh, I was 21. I was, it was the year I turned 22 in August, but I moved out in January 2007. Yes. And I was 21. And I moved to an apartment with my buddy. And it was fine, but we ended up not having a great time living together. So after <laughs> three months, uh, come April, I ended up moving back out and moving back home, not to my my aunt's house, but on our property. We had a, there's her house, and then there was a trailer, like, on the side yard. Like, she basically owned, like, two properties at once. And she... There was a trailer that was there that my uncle had been living in, but then he met a woman and he moved in with her. So after he was done living there, he shacked up with some other lady, ran off. So I was living in his house where he had been staying. So it was basically like I lived there by myself. You know, I lived on my own, everything. I had satellite put into my name, all that. When I was 21, I got my first tattoo when I was 22. And I had discussed previously for my birthday with my aunt of paying for a tattoo. Like, that's what I wanted for my birthday present that year. And she very clearly, in no uncertain terms, told me, absolutely not while you live under my house. I will not pay for it. I am, a, like, mad that you would even ask me this. And I was like, okay. So a couple months later, I went and I got my tattoo. And, <laughs> but I kept it hidden the whole time. And I actually ended up getting... Let's see. I lived in Kentucky still for two more years after that, and I got quite a few tattoos on my arms, but on, on my biceps and inside, like where you couldn't see it if I had a shirt on. So it actually took uh, about two years before she even found out that I had any tattoos at all. And now I have quite a few, and I don't I don't think she cares so much anymore. But I'll never forget... When she found out that I got the tattoo, she looked at me. She goes, I can't believe you would get a tattoo. I can't believe you would do that. And Why would you want to go and ruin your body like that? <laughs> and I said, and I pointed at the tattoo on the inside of my arm, which is the Coheed and Cambria keywork. It's the band logo there. It was my first tattoo. I pointed at this tattoo, and I said, this. And then I patted my rotund belly, and I said, that tattoo ruined this body? <laughs> okay. All right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think a lot of strictness comes from Personal. That, was, that was the sneakiest thing I ever did. Yeah, though, but I mean, I think it's like a lot of personal fear and judgment. Like a lot of parents make rules because like that would be like a strictness for for me because of the things that I did as a teenager, which were horrible things because I was sneaking because the only chance of social interaction I had was to be sneaking. Right. Yeah. You didn't really have a choice. Right. And so I it would I feel like me being strict would be saying my kids couldn't go out because I made bad decisions, so I'm projecting that onto them. And I think, like, a lot of strictness is born out of projection of our own mistakes and fears. And I think that could be, like, really toxic and a bad idea. Um, like, we can't let our fears hold us back because whether we like it or not, our kids are going to grow up and move out. And the best we can do is try to help them make good decisions in the long run. And if we want them to make good decisions, we have to let them make decisions. Yeah, you, the child, you train them up <laughs> to be good people for themselves. Like, there's only so much you can do, you know. And in your case, it sounds like the so much that your parents could do was the opposite direction of good parenting. Yeah, um, typically. Mine was fairly, I don't even want to say like neglectful, but... I didn't really get any positive attention or support or anything. Yeah. There there were a few things that I wasn't allowed to do, but like I didn't really do anything and I had no desire to do it and I didn't I didn't hang out with the kids that drank and smoked or anything like that. I didn't have exposure to that in my house and family, so Yeah. For me, I don't I don't know. I was always just a stereotypical good kid, but I wasn't like the goody two-shoes kid. Like, I was a goody two-shoe growing up until I got to, like, you know, that, that high school age where it, like, because I, I think I was trying to be a goody two-shoe as a young child mm -hmm. to get positive attention from, like, teachers and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I got to a point where I was I was struggling with mental illness, and I wasn't getting help for it because it was so stigmatized. My parents were like, mm, you don't have anything wrong with you. Like, like literally, I do. It's obvious. It's, it's obvious, friends. Uh, but... 
Like, I was struggling so deeply and I wasn't getting help. And instead, I was just getting in trouble for everything that it got to a point where yeah. I was like, what is the point of following your rules? I'm not getting anything out of this. So Yeah, you weren't getting help. You were getting punished. Exactly. And so it got to that point where, like, no, my parents didn't create, like, obedient kids through being strict. They created sneaky kids. But I will tell you, I know that this specific topic, especially because of our personal anecdotal experience, like there are going to be people who are like, well, I had strict parents and I turned out fine. And I am here to say, if you had strict parents and you turned out fine, I'm really happy for you. I'm really happy that that balance worked for your family because that means that your parents were not strict in an unhealthy way and that the type of person you are was very much... like perceiving what is the word I'm looking for I don't know like open to it open how did I forget the word open anyway like your parents would have been not like aggressively strict but strict in a way that they were creating healthy boundaries which is what like we're trying to do which is what kind of parenting is right that's honestly that's what it is that's what we're trying to do you know it's it's boundaries with communication but like if you feel like your parents were strict and you say it turned out fine like, I'm happy for you, and I'm happy that that relationship worked, and I think that means that your parents did something good. If you really feel you turned out fine, that means that strict in your head doesn't feel like a bad word. And I think connotation of the word strict is important when we're thinking about it, because I think based on all of our subjective anecdotal experience, strict is going to mean something different. Yes, and, and honestly, look at literally... The woman who raised me mm-hmm. and the other two children there, I could not be more different from, you know, my cousin who could not be more different from her brother. And he and I really aren't we, – we probably have some similarities, but night and day we are we are different people, like completely. Yeah. So and that's all raised by the same person. Right. So it's because your kids, the kids are all different people. And like that's like we said earlier, like we have three kids and they're all totally different people. And so like I tried to meet my kids where they're at because they're not all going to respond to the same type of parenting. Like they're not the same person. I think it would be unfair to them for me to parent them all the same way. Like I have to. It's it's not one size fits all. It's custom. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, even looking at the three girls right now. All three of them are going to grow up to be very different sisters. Yeah, and like, they're, but do you know what else though? They're going to grow up to be such incredible people. They already are incredible people. Yes, they're little astronauts of the kid world I love in their them. hearts. I love them so much. Like I'm not biased at all because I'm their mom. Like I just I love them so. They're my favorite people in the whole world, and I just put them to bed. You, we should put these guys to bed. Let's we tell them. We should put this to bed. We should tell them where can they find us you first. You can find me, Tori Phantom on TikTok, Tori.Phantom on Instagram, Tori Phantom on in- Twitter. Yep, double Instagram. <laughs> it's a new Tori one. Phantom it's on Facebook. Facebook I'm, I'm everywhere. To. Just look up Tori Phantom. You'll find me, besties. Yeah. Uh, Jimothy, what are, what are your things? At Jim Beard on TikTok, at Jimothy Strange on Instagram and Twitter. Um, that's really it. At, also, I want to hear huge on Snapchat. I talk to people on there. <laughs> I want to hear from you all. Do you want us to make a TikTok for our show? Do you want us to make ways for you to communicate with the show directly? Because we have the technology. We have the technology. And we we have hear the capabilities. You. We can build it better, stronger, we faster. Can do the thing. We can absolutely do the thing. And we should do the thing and put this thing to bed. That's exactly what we should do. All right, let's tuck you in now. We've told you how to find us. Yeah, I, I put you a blanket. Oh, right. Do you want a different blanket? You want no, the passing blanket? No, you don't. Blanket, need, you right? need the sum sums? Okay. Oh, you need the pa- Okay. All right. All right. We already You're watched Hocus, Hocus Pocus. Pocus again? Oh, my God. Bestie, like, right. I, I love you. Good night. I love you so much. Good night.